Hi, this is Veronica Red, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Ed Robertson, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television that will shift gears as we begin our second hour by welcoming back our friend Louise Sorrell. Louise Sorrell, the award-winning actress whom daytime television viewers especially know as Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives and Augusta Lockridge on Santa Barbara. You also know Louise Sorrell from the digital series Beacon Hill, as well as her many, many appearances on primetime shows and movies of the week. When Louise was on our program a few weeks ago, she mentioned that she had several writing projects in the works. After that program aired, Louise and I had a conversation, and she mentioned that she had a few short pieces that she is workshopping and that she would like to share with our listening audience. And it looks like one of Tony and Donna's kitties are also on the Zoom screen. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, you'll have an audience of four. Okay, well, I've got my dog here. He's bored already with his soothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, what I'll do is I'll read these two pieces that I will. I told you, Ed, I, uh, I sent them to the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. I have a few friends that might help me out with this. But anyway, these are short pieces, and I, I rather like them, and they're about New York. Very good. So that. So, okay, the first one is a frigid day, winds bellowing that bring my eyes to the barren, haughty trees, their bare branches acting as batons, conduct a whistling nocturne, hovering over us as we lean against the blowing breath of God. My dog glides backward in his stride, fur rippling in clouds of white, legs askew, trying to touch the ground but floating instead above it in a whimsical flight. That's the first short piece. I've said this to you before. You write with economy, but you write very vividly. I mean, I I, I see the image of your your dog sort of uh, dancing off the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay. Um, Do you want me to read the second piece? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. It's called Little Pieces of Our Souls. As I trip around in the city, little bits of people attach themselves to my coat sleeves. When I return home, I find the fabric of their souls stuck to mine. Here there's a song of loneliness in the shape of a circle on my cuff. And here's a square of laughter, some vowels and verbs tuck at my shoulder that spell out, hello, and what's your doggy's name? Woof woof, what's yours? Oh, and here's a patch of fear clinging to a button. That's the end of that one. Was that written recently? Was it written, was there a particular image that evoked that, or was it just something that came yes, to you? Well, it's almost my daily experience in New York City. <laughs> and I don't know when I wrote it, but it's almost uh, daily. I'm constantly feeling that. Uh, I, love the, I love the imagery. It's, yeah. it's vivid. Good. Well, it, it's, it, it feels like that daily. In New, you know, New York, if you just... You can walk by 10 people and all kinds of things happen to you just by looking at them or observing them. Yes. You know, you can spell, you can see desperation, you can see all kinds of, and that just feel like when I come home, I've got it all kind of covered in it. When I think in New York, especially when I think of Manhattan in the summertime, um, mm-hmm. the, the aroma of like baked garbage 
I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but it's like it's 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 it's, okay. it, it's a sense that stays with you. And it does, but I guess that's not what I was writing. About. Well, no, 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 no. I, 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 no. I'm just we're just we're just talking about images yeah. that evoke certain images about New York. No, you were not, you certainly were you, the aroma and the ambience. You were you were you you were thinking of is quite different because your experience is clearly quite different than mine. <laughs> Although I've certainly inhaled garbage, so yes. you know I, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, Louise Sorel is with us. Uh, Louise, uh, we mentioned in our open, Louise. Uh, when she last visited us, had several writing projects in the works, and uh, uh, she's sharing a select few with us that she's workshopping and, uh, and, and, and is sharing with us and you, our listening audience today. Okay, so you've got uh, three more short pieces that you'd like to share with us. Yeah, well, I have two sh- short, not so short, one a little extended, but we have time. We're all right? We're good. Okay. Uh, this one is, I think I read this to you, Garbo was right. Yes, you you shared that with me, but uh, Tony and Don have not heard it. Okay. That's what it's titled. Not a day goes by that I don't have a fleeting conversation that starts with, remember when? Or did you see how old and feeble so-and-so has gotten? Why didn't they tell us this would happen? I've reached an age that begs reflection. Is it time to reel in and stop worrying about how I look and who might be interested in hiring me for any possible job? I often think of Garbo and how she shut the doors on the public and collected her privacy. Down the streets of Manhattan, she went with her dark glasses and her babushka. She maneuvered through crowds and shops with little notice. I'm certainly not comparing myself to La Garbo, but still I do get stopped and asked if I'm an actress or I'm recognized and admit to being that person they've seen somewhere on some show. And what am I doing now? The longing is always there, the desire to work and get recognition but part of me wants to make an announcement that I have moved on and am my whole and complete self sans public. The idea of total ownership of self is huge since we all seem to depend on others for approval. A daunting thought, being one's own master, the freedom it suggests, that is, I think, therefore, I am. As I stroll unencumbered by recognition, I seem to find my child self, I'm enchanted by the crows that hippity-hop down the street. I screech back at them, and we gaze at each other. Two creatures, equal in import, needing food, light, and a place to hide at night. In fact, I envy that little crow who can fly away and sit in a treetop free of traffic jams, car insurance, and bad television. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I and I don't want to be here when there are no elephants. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We stepped on the last line. That's all right. That's okay. all right. <laughs> but 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 we we laughed, which which, which I think is the, the, the reaction you wanted. <laughs> okay, that's that one. Louise, I, I love how you captured New York City in your writing. I mean, oh, thank you. We're, we're there. We're there with you. Drowning in it. <laughs> <laughs> moment it's horrifying what's going on here but anyway um okay should i read another one yes yes please okay this is of all the gin joints i can't count the friends that have purchased raffle tickets lottery tickets horse racing bets publishers clearing out ad infinitum who have never won a dollar let alone a million i personally have never heard my name called for a single win 
I've signed up for free vacations, fabulous cruises, free home appliances, free mileage, airline rewards, etc. Never has anything come through my mailbox. Nary a phone call, nor a notice that I have been lucky winner to receive, well, anything. But my luck is changing, because today in the mail there was a very friendly-looking envelope. Well, it lost a bit of its friendliness when I saw the return address, the Neptune Society. (laughs) In case you are not familiar with this organization, they will happily take care of your debts. So you can see why I felt a little twitchy opening the little envelope. What it offered was a free cremation, something that was oddly enough not on my mind, as I had not yet finished my morning coffee, and hence not fully awake. I wondered the timeliness of this missive. Had I missed a doctor's appointment? Was there a reason that on the previous night I had seen my name ominously printed with the word death attached? I found this startling bit of info while I was browsing through my acting credits as unemployed actors are wont to do. I always think of Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard at these times. It said in frightening print, Louise Sorrell's death at the bottom of the page. I quickly clicked on it to see if I was indeed deceased, but it vanished as fast as it arrived. The next disturbing bit of internet print was on my spam collection. It said very clearly at the top of the page, burial insurance. So you can imagine my state of mind the next day when I encountered an offer for free cremation. Well, never having won anything before, I had a 50-50 chance to win this exciting offer. I did respond immediately and filled out the form. It went into the mailbox at my corner and arrived toot sweet at the Neptune Society because I got a call two days later from a woman with an Evelyn Wall intonation offering to stop by and explain all the details of my imminent death and cremation. I tried to communicate my bemused response to the mailing, but she persisted with and smoothness and alarm. She offered to come over any time in the next several days. I explained that I was leaving for New York, but that didn't dissuade her. She had hours of free time. I finally promised to call upon return if I lived. <laughs> of all the wins that I never won, this could be it. Yes. And if this does prove to be it, I think it's time to reflect. It's time to celebrate the fleeting minutes of the day, the sky, the dark, and all the in between. Period. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if if we were to play word association, most people would associate Louise Sorrell with drama, despite the fact that you've done a lot of comedy. Throughout your stage career, throughout your television career, and you've always you've always tried to inject humor in what you do, and you certainly have injected humor, especially in a piece about the Neptune Society. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was quite an experience. Donna, <laughs> have you? I mean, if you go on your on IMDb, you'll see a lot of those. They'll just put somebody's death, even if they're not dead. They just say so and so's death. Then you have to look up to see if that person's actually dead, because they've sort of announced it. It's horrifying. No, it's. it's... I, I think that happened to Abe Vigoda like six times. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> well, then I guess it finally did. Yeah, but, and I think it reached but... the point where uh, someone from the Conan O'Brien show actually got Abe on the air, and he he was he, for for a while it was sort of a running thing when they're five minutes short. They filmed several bits with Abe, and they would cut to Abe. Yes, Abe's still alive. 
I mean, somewhere in this, I probably should have said, I, I hate to disappoint anyone, but I'm not dead yet. Yes. They said it's spam a lot. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You have, you, have, you have miles to go before, before you sleep, sleep. Before you sleep. Louise Sorrell is with us, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. Louise has been, uh, is, is, is kind enough, generous enough to share a few of her short pieces uh, from a book that I hope is forthcoming some of her observations, short essays about life in New York and life in general. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You have one more, I think, which is... Do you have time? Are we all right? This is, this, yeah. this, this, this is the Louise Sorrell program. <laughs> is anyone falling asleep yet? No, we're, okay. we're alert. And, and the cat is still with us, too. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cat? Uh, the Spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> Spoiled cat. Uh, yeah. This is, a, this is a, a tabby. Oh, I love cats. I love them. I want a ragdoll cat. I had a Russian blue. Oh, this is beautiful. It was really sweet. Anyway. Okay, so I'll read this last piece. Or, or, yeah, that I thought would be... It, it's not too humorous. But anyway, I, I think it's nice. The piece that I really was reading and working on, um, Ed, uh, is this, a piece I wrote about my first Broadway show, which was with George Abbott, and it's, I was 21, and it's the story of how I got an agent, how all of it happened, and it's, it's very entertaining, I think it's a good piece, it needs a little touch up here and there, but I, I did it a long time ago, and I had a lot of critique on it, that was pretty positive, and I read it again, I, I, it's like, it's about me, but it's, Sort of like for anyone who's got dreams in the theater. So really not. Anyway, this is not that. But well, if you wish to share that, if you're comfortable sharing that, too we long. can. It's too long for okay. you for now. Okay. Well, it might be right for Tony and Donna and their venue. Yeah. So. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it is long. Anyway, this one's called. I'm not sure why. Photo interruptus. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh already. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not really. Okay, first sentence. I have eaten my mother. Yes, I have swallowed her whole, even the parts I didn't like. That's probably the reason for my stomach ache. Those raw pieces of her that are lodged somewhere in my abdomen. Oh, the hell with that. I will start as a copy of her, and then peel away the onion and find Louise. I can put on airs and t tilt my head at a certain la-di-da angle, just like she can. I watch her move about with her Mussolini strut and her beautiful head, chin up, owning her beauty. I can do that. Well, maybe not as well at 16. I study her hands as they play Rachmaninoff and sit at her feet as she presses the pedals of our grand piano. I'm in our living room. It's much too formal for my young eyes. It's filled with overstuffed chairs and an unpleasant shade of green. They're comfortable but foreboding, as they're usually encased in plastic. The couch is square, a sort of nondescript gray, and also suffocating from plastic. There's a very large, ornate mahogany table with massive legs that holds two glass lamps and a sculpted bowl that holds nothing. The piano occupies the entranceway, a shiny black Steinway, grand. It's immediately in sight as you open the magnificent double doors to the living room. The best part of the room for me is the couch-length mirror that reflects the whole room. I can spend hours dancing in front of it, miming singers and studying my own reflection as I move. 
My mother joins me on occasions in her moments of frivolity, and we traipse through the living room, dining room, kitchen, den, and back again, dancing to the beat of jungle drums. This rapturous event came from classes we both take at the Lester Horton School of Dance. Great dancers have issued forth Martha Graham, Jeffrey Holder, Judith Jameson, etc. Oh, catch you up later on that one. Oh, I knew this would happen. I have to stop. It's your, it's, 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 it's your mother calling. <laughs> the part I really don't like about the living room is that there are two fireplaces and neither of them work. How is that possible? Doesn't that say a lot? A non-working fireplace in a huge house with all the trimmings of grandeur. I've been kept under lock and key, or so they think. No lipstick allowed, no dating, ice milk instead of ice cream. Can you imagine? Somber colored sweaters and skirts shorts. My father would rather I were locked up. But I wore them. He balked. I stormed out. I have borrowed uh, attitude from my mother. Having eaten her, I can bring it up whenever necessary. Can you see the defiance in my glance? The tilt of my head? The adult looming in the interior? Yes, that's me. Louise Sorrell with Photo Interrupt is one of uh, several short essays that she has been kind enough, generous enough to share with us today, and you are listening. Audience, when, when you sit down to write, whether it's the piece you just read or any of the pieces that you read, do you start with an idea, jot a few things down on paper, and go from there, or, or are there times when an entire piece will pop into your head and it sort of writes, writes itself? The second part, I, I don't, I just sit down, uh, I don't know where it comes from, you know, just uh, it, it gets so deep in me that I have to put it down. Um, I mean, a lot of writers, set, you know, are set down to because they have a specific story to tell, and it has to be a book or all of that. But I am not. I don't. I don't know that I'm equipped to do that. I. It's sort of like it's so. It's like it has to come out. Mm-hmm. The only way I can express it. Uh, and I just. I don't even go over it. I mean, I haven't redone any of this. I just spew it out and print it. I mean, type it. And then print it, and that's it. Louise <laughs> is I your... I thought I was a writer, but that's what I like. I like doing it. And then the, when I looked back and saw all the how amount of stuff I have, and then, of course, all my traveling in Europe and wherever I've been, I see the volumes of diary around me. I have written all over the place, every country and trip and all of that. And I see that I, I have written quite a bit. But it's just at the moment, you know? Well, at, at the moment, you have, it, it's like, it's like you have a box of jigsaw puzzle pieces, those pieces being the various things you have written in your diaries over the years, and it's a matter of selecting the ones that you want to develop uh, to create the sort of picture or hole that you want to create, which, which is a great position to be in. Yes, well... The, the thing with it is that um, I know how lonely writers are. You know, it's very lonely. And I, because of this bloody COVID situation, I had put together this little book that was going to be done. I mean, they, I had people who were going to publish it. COVID came, and I just had a, I just stopped. I just froze. Whereas some people went the opposite way. I could, you know, it was like I read, went, went up to the Cape Cod and, we, we stayed there for five months, practically, because it was so horrible in New York. And um, I just, you know, I don't have that discipline. 
But when I look at the writing, I think, do it. What's the matter with you? <laughs> because I, I like what I've written. And um, the, the long piece that I have is really a good, a, a very, um, what's the word? I don't know. I, I, I had it in a class, and I got, as I said, comments on it. It's a wonderful piece for, for young people, for dreams. Uh, it was a magical time for me. I was very lucky. And I, I think I had some talent that made it happen. But anyway. I think you still do have talent that makes it happen. Louise Sorrell is on the line with us. Louise Sorrell, star of Days of Our Lives and Santa Barbara. Louise has shared a few of the short essays that she has been working on. Tony and Donna are with us via Zoom. We hope you'll stay with us when we continue our conversation with Louise Sorrell here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.